Tala Falava and welcome to another episode of the Reads with Rossa podcast. I'm your host, Rossa. I'd like to shout out everyone who's been tuning in every week. I really appreciate the love and support. If you are a regular listener on the podcast platforms, don't forget to click the follow button. If you prefer visuals, then head on over to YouTube and check out the video episode. Don't forget to click like and subscribe to the channel. So without further ado, enjoy this week's show. Welcome to the Reads with Rossa podcast. As you know, I love connecting with educators from all over the world who are inspirational, who are change makers, and impacting the lives of young people in their classrooms on a daily basis. I'm excited to introduce today's guest. It is such an honor to have her here. I've been following her journey for quite a while now. Oh my God, I sound like a stalker. I'm not, but I've been following her journey for quite a while now on Instagram. She's posting all these interesting stories about teacher life. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Elise, who is currently teaching in Samoa. Welcome, sis. How are you? Kia ora. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I'm good. How are you? You know, <laughs> I am. Yeah, I'm great. You know how it is. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Um, well, I guess, you know, before we go anywhere with this korero, please introduce yourself. Uh, who is Elise? Who are you? Where are you from? Um, you know, what are your cultural roots? Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Um, kia ora. Uh, my name is Elise. Uh, Elise Mahidan. So my middle name is Māori because my dad's mum is uh, Māori, so I come from up north. Uh, my iwi is Ngāti Aukiwa, and um, over the last couple of years I've been discovering more about my Māori identity because I grew up uh, largely with my mum and my mum's side of the family, and my mum was the first one of four children to be born in New Zealand, so my grandparents were from England, and so three out of four grandparents in total are English, and for a long time, I only thought I was English. And um, then I kind of really started to get, as I grew older, got to know my dad more and realized that actually he's really Māori, even though he doesn't claim to be Māori at all. And it made sense because I always felt like, I can't even explain it. I just always knew there was something else in me. And um, yeah, so in my early 20s, I really started to get to know like my papa and stuff like that. And um, I connected with my dad's brother, who is fluent in Te Reo. So that was really cool. And we're from a beautiful place up north called Waimahana. Um, and it's stunning. I went there for the first time a couple of years ago. And it's literally just ocean. And I was like, yes, yes, this is me. Yeah, it's home. It's Whenua. And I was like, OK. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about my culture. So mostly Pakia. Over here, I'm known as the, the Palangi teacher, which is all good. <laughs> so I am, and I claim that hard. I'm like, yes, I don't know anything. Help me out. Um, I love language, which is interesting because I struggle so hard to, to learn, to speak. Um, and so before coming to Samoa, I, um, I learned a bit of Samoan. I was doing night classes, which was so cool. And I knew a bit like I could count, I could introduce myself. Um, and then I came here 
and it's just like stage fright. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want to use it. My mom's like, you've been here a year and a half now. Like, you should be able to speak. I'm like, no, no, I know less now. Um, so that's a constant I'm working on that as I get more comfortable. Um, but, yeah, basically I've been teaching for this must be my sixth or seventh year. Um, and, yeah, five years in, I just knew that God was calling me to Samoa. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, surely not like now. I'm surely, you know, when I'm settled with kids, with a husband, all that. But no, I got on a plane. I landed here, started last year, February. And then a month later, we went into COVID. And so I had all my flights booked home. And I haven't been home because, yeah, I had the class yeah. to teach. Yeah. What a story is this? Like, can you know, talk about taking a leap of faith. Yeah, you know exactly what I mean? Like yeah. I'm hearing your story and I'm like, wow, that's what you call taking a leap of faith. Um, it's so interesting how you mentioned language because you would think, right, like your mom said, you would think that you would pick up the language, but I imagine that everyone around you wants to learn English or they want yeah. you to talk so they can listen to you. Yeah. What's that being? Yeah. What's that been like for you? So I'm predominantly in, like, my school speaks English from year one which is cool and they're allowed not they're allowed sorry they get the opportunity i think it's in year four we introduce salmon lessons um and so basically the kids are around me because i teach year eight they speak fluent english by the time i have them which is good and they do they try to encourage me to speak salmon yeah. and i try but there's just the kids are great that's why i love being in a classroom i'll try with them we'll laugh we'll they will correct me a thousand times it's more when you're around other adults and they're a little bit more harsher they don't realize they're just like no you're saying it wrong or they pretend not to understand you when you're trying and it's just that constant people just you're not trying to help you out so it's yeah i, I struggle with it and it's something that i have to change my mindset around because i know people aren't being horrible but when you're totally just not getting something over and over and over and people keep saying nah like i don't understand you you just and because there's so many people around you that do speak english here so yeah. i just kind of do the whole oh can you just translate for me yeah um right so yeah it's been that's probably been one of my biggest challenges mm -hmm. is i want so badly to be able to speak salmon but i just like i end up just shutting down and i'm like no nah, mm -hmm. can't do it so yeah, it's yeah, a daily or a weekly kind of work on. Um, but I've always been a slow learner, so I know I'll get there. Just yeah, won't yeah. be as fast as everyone else expects me to be. Yeah. Right. All in good time. And you know, I was, yeah. I was wondering because obviously in the the learning, you know, everyday learning um, context there, but you know, you're speaking English with colleagues and with the students. Are there opportunities for you to? immerse yourself in the language outside of the school context or again is it the fact that you really are coming across you know a lot of people who are using english as the language of communication yeah i think because i'm in the city i'm in apia most people do use english so there's not really yeah there's no full immersion or anything like that Sometimes in church, they'll start speaking in Samoan, even though I'm in the English service. And I like that because then I can kind of sit and listen to words. Um, and usually when you go out Gua and then people start speaking in Samoan and I'm like, yes. Okay, so I can just sit and listen and I can pick out words. 
um, but it doesn't really happen in my daily everyday to life every day to day life here yeah um i just want to kind of go back to uh just a bit from your introduction uh yeah you've been teaching for about six years now um, what age group were you teaching in new zealand like prior to coming to go into school, yeah or what age group were you teaching so i had year fives and sixes and i loved that age group i had them for five straight years so i got that nailed you know like you start <laughs> then kind of learn how to work it out and i was so in that comfort zone right and then yeah i moved here and now i teach year eights and that's yeah. like a whole new ball game it's different curriculum yeah yeah i was going to say in terms of the curriculum what yeah you said it's a whole yeah. new game what what is the curriculum like i mean how much did you i don't know was there pre-learning did you have to or did you arrive and then realize okay i have got a whole lot more that i need to learn here like what was yeah. what was that like for you was it like culture shock and teacher shock yeah. <laughs> Everything. Everything. <laughs> it was um, good old me. Like I always jump into an adventure, not really thinking, right. hey, maybe I should do some study or figure out what I'm going into. And I did try to ask questions. But before I came, even back then, like we didn't have Vodafone. Vodafone only came literally like after a month I got here. And so internet's so much better. Um, but even before that, trying to message and just like a busy principal and stuff like that. So I couldn't really figure out much. Um, and I landed on a Saturday and started on a Monday because I had a friend's wedding in a home to stay for. So I literally was in the country a day and then got thrown into a classroom. And um, so I learned a lot in the, last, in the first four weeks. And then we had a whole week for a cyclone that didn't even happen so that helped me kind of like figure everything out and then in week seven we went into lockdown which sounds terrible but it was perfect timing because i could start to figure everything out because at our school we crossed between the new zealand curriculum which is great because i know that and the samoan curriculum um but the two areas i would say uh like my strengths are english social studies health pe but um science is massive over here which it's not in new zealand with primary school it's more about being curious and really inquiring um but here it's like a full-on tested exam-based subject and then maths my kids who are year eight are working at a new zealand year 10 level which um i didn't learn in university we only go up to year eight so that's been a massive challenge and i came over um knowing that i wouldn't have to teach maths because i had a teacher doing it for me but then he got fully qualified and he's a classroom teacher this year so my principal was like yeah for the challenge of maths teaching and i was like no no to me and so i use a lot of online resources which is right. absolutely fine with i get heaps of support from the other teacher who's now a full classroom teacher um, and the kids are great and they do after school tutorials, thankfully, um, and we're getting there. But as a teacher, you have like, you just have the, I put so much pressure on myself and I know they're learning because I have the results to show it, but I'm just not teaching where I would like to be teaching in terms of, yeah, knowledge and stuff, but we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You know, I follow your stories and I just think, Man, I've just been so curious 
to hear you know your journey from New Zealand to being in Samoa and you know I remember one time you put out a call um, for help in terms of getting resources I think they were yeah. laptops or something and yeah. I was wondering because you did say that um, not long after you arrived you went into lockdown so yeah. how was learning going on like were you was everyone still at school was it restricted or were, how were you were you dropping off homework yeah. or how was tell us how what was that like that was devastating to be fair because the year before they went through measles which was heartbreaking oh, yes, in itself right, all finished early so those kids had already had the biggest summer break ever and then trying to finally get them back and they were finally in routine and then we went down into lockdown and we didn't know how long um we weren't on online learning i started up a facebook page and try to promote it because everyone over here uses facebook it's like <laughs> next level it's like a newspaper like everyone uses it for their news. Um, so it's like yeah like the parents will get on board and they didn't i was like okay all right like i can work with this i had like five or six parents on there so that was cool and i'd post things for their kids we printed out like a whole i think it was a whole five to six weeks of lessons and when i got back after lockdown i think i had seven kids out of like 25 do their work so it just it didn't happen um the nation as a whole the education sector tried to put like lessons on the tv which was good and it was all in Samoan. They actually contacted me because they wanted me to teach science on TV. And then I went wow. in and talked to them and they realized I couldn't speak Samoan. And they're like, oh no, thanks. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was wondering, this is strange. Um, so they were, they were really trying their best at last minute to like put together things, but this system is just not, we're not up for online teaching. Like kids have their parents' cell phones but a lot of kids don't have laptops in their houses. And my kids are, I'd say, middle of the range um, for city kids. And, yeah, my kids last year in particular, none of them had um, devices or things like that. This year it's a little bit more accessible because of Vodafone coming in. Like, that was a massive game changer. Um, so it could be possible this year, but last year we just, no one was ready for it at all. So, yeah not much so, learning i mean i imagine that you and i have seen you've had to probably get quite creative quite creative in terms of lesson planning and really gauging what resources that you have access to what has that been like for you like coming from new zealand where i'm you probably had a lot of access yep. to resources and then coming and going okay now i really do need to put on my thinking cap and figure out you know what 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 can i just grab and and, and how can i put these lessons together what's that been yeah. like for you so it's been eye-opening it's definitely been humbling and it's made me far more grateful for what i did have in new zealand and i hate to say it and it kills me now but i was so ungrateful i used to complain to your other school teachers in the staff room and stuff like that and oh, i wish i had that and you know blah 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 and now i'm like i had so much and i did not utilize it enough um i'm like 50 50 with technology i love it but then i also think that kids are on it too much but when you come here um they're on the like the screens a lot like your cell phones and some kids have tablets 
but they don't know how to work an iPad. I'm uh, not sorry, not an iPad, a computer at all. Um, so when I <laughs> that first day, I walked into my classroom. So my classroom was not actually a classroom. It was a storage room for like your journals and things. Um, but we had had like over the school holidays, a lot of people in New Zealand had donated to the school. So all the donations went into my supposed classroom. And so I was literally put into this like resource room, which I'm still in now. And it is tiny. Um, the upside about that is that I cannot have a full-size class. Like you can't fit 30 year eight students in there. So last year I had 27 and that was too many for the class. So this year I have it's three less. Three less makes it better. Three less. Oh my goodness, cut it yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but we still have classes in our school that have 40 to 45 kids. Wow. So I've literally got half of that. Um, but I walked in and there was no whiteboard, which I was like, okay, that's fine. Like we, we use blackboards over here. And I was like, but where's the blackboard? <laughs> I was like, what am I supposed to teach with? So for the first day, I literally ran down to the office, had to figure out where that was first, got paper, stuck it up on the wall with whatever I had. I unpacked some of my boxes that I got sent over and I was literally teaching on paper. Um, and then I went and talked to the principal. And I was like, hey, um, is there something I can write on? Like a whiteboard maybe? And she's like, oh yeah, we actually have one. So the next day I got a whiteboard and I still have that now. And it's very um, rickety, but it's actually pretty cool. It slides. Okay. <laughs> so um, right on a lot. Yeah. Um, we got new desks this year because last year in the wet season, the condensation would drip off the kids' desks. So I talked to the principal again because a lot of teachers just don't actually talk or ask for anything. And so I just go on. I'm like, hey, is there any chance that we could get? And like eight times out of ten, she's pretty good about it. Um, and then the stuff that I know is like too hard, like we just don't have the money for it. That's when I go online. I'm like, does anyone have, you know, uh, does anyone want to donate or does anyone have resources? So I've got heaps of like pens and pencils for the class that way. That's how I got five laptops, which was just incredible, especially because the week later my laptop broke. So then I had to use one of those. But um, you, you, you would be surprised how much you can do with paper. Like we have made some cool things out of paper. Yeah, paper, man. Paper. I mean, you know, you just got to make do, right? And it sounds like yeah. you're, you're doing a pretty fantastic job of just yeah. making making do with what you've got access to but i also love that you're just brave enough to just be like hey you know you gotta have these conversations you've got, you know if you're not gonna say anything but it's cool that you're able to like have a chat with with the boss and say look what are the chances yeah. of this happening because i mean if you don't ask you're not going to get it and at the end exactly. of the day it's you know it's for the kids learning right um you're there to yeah. do a job but most importantly you're delivering delivering the the curriculum to the kids and yeah. if, if there's nothing available to them if you're just going to say nothing and just put up with you know the situation so i love, yeah. I love that you're you're so such a go-getter for that That's well i never used to be but you have to go over here like you have no choice i remember ringing my mom like six months in and like not complaining but just being like oh it's so hard i need this i need this and she's like well have you asked have you reached yeah. out to someone I was like, oh, no. She's like, you know a thing called email? 
yeah, you can use that. And I was like, mm, okay, thanks, mom. And it worked. Like, I got free, like, a maths buddy resource, which is like an Australian company. They're great. I got the laptops. We're now doing swimming at one of the local resorts. Like, yeah, you just got to ask. And I've had no's a lot of times, and now I'm okay with that. I'm like, yeah, you can say no. Someone else will say yes. Wow, so, yeah. swimming at one of the local resorts. I mean, that's yeah. cool. I mean, awesome. I, have the kids, do the kids, have they been, you know, before going there for swimming, they probably hadn't even been given an opportunity to to go to one of those resorts. So, yeah. so cool. So my, I have a big back background with water, like um, the, the picture, <laughs> the surfboards. Yeah. I want to learn to surf. I'm not a surfer. But I grew up as a swimmer, water polo player, and all, well, most of my family were all surf lifesavers. So water safety is just like a part of who we are. And so I was like, well, <clears throat> I may be struggling with maths and science, but like I can teach these guys how to swim, you know, which is actually kind of vitally important when you are surrounded by water. And so I asked my class this year, I was like, how many of you can swim? And a lot of them put up their hands and I was like, wait, what is your definition of swimming? They're like, oh, I can kind of keep my head above the water. Or I can kind of float. I'm like, can any of you do freestyle? Like two of them put their hands up and the rest of the class is like, what is that? I was like, okay, this is a good start. Um, and so I reached out to like the local swimming pool. I did the formal salmon letter. I went and handed it in and everything. And they just didn't respond. And so I was like, well, I'm not waiting for another term to go past. Like, I really want to do this. And my principal was like, yeah, if you can get someone to help us out with a pool, then absolutely. So I went to Talmasina. Um, and because it's quite, obviously, it's not busy there at the moment because of COVID. And they've got a perfect pool up the top. And I just, like, I sent an email. I was like, is there any chance we can come and swim? And they replied. They're like, yep. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. What's the cost? And the, the manager was like, no cost. And I was like, oh, no cost. <laughs> I was like, we're That's in. So cool. Yeah, yeah. So there, yeah. The community really rallies together over here. And just like they definitely could have charged us. Like they're not making much at the moment because of COVID. And when they said no cost, I was just like, I was blown away. So, yeah, it was cool. That's, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. And you should have seen the kids' faces because we went Thursday last week for the first time. And some of them do come from privileged upbringings and they've been there before. But half my class, their faces were just like, wow, oh, this is fancy. There's an outdoor shower and just like all these things. And I was like, yeah, it's really nice. So it was cool to see that yeah, just taking them on an experience they haven't had before. And then they were super grateful, real respectful. And just, yeah, we had a fun time. So it was good. Yeah. This is, oh, I love it. I'm loving hearing this part of your journey. If I was a fly on the wall in your no. you know, makeshift, <laughs> makeshift classroom, yeah. I guess, if I was a fly on the wall, um, what would I be hearing? What noises would I be hearing? What conversations would I be hearing? Or maybe what jokes would I be hearing? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you wouldn't be a fly on the wall because I'd pull that fly down and blow you up and say, not me. Um, no, my classroom is really loud. I've always tried, even in New Zealand, 
try to be that calm, quiet, let's have a nice working space. And it doesn't work because I encourage questions almost too much. I never thought I would say that at the start of my teaching journey. I was a child that never asked questions. So I very much overcompensate for that, especially over here. Kids aren't allowed to ask questions in classrooms with old school teachers. And so they kind of get to my classroom, they get to know me, and then all of a sudden they, they can't close their mouths. <laughs> and so our classroom is very loud. You're allowed to ask questions most, most of the time. Um, I will get the kids to stop and say, do you actually need to ask this question or can you answer it for yourself or can you ask someone else? Because quite often you'll get those kids that just want to talk, have a conversation, and you're like, no, you actually need to do your work. There's a lot of choice in my classroom because they've had years of sit down, be quiet, you must do this. Um, and by the time they get to year eight as well, they have a mind, they have their own thoughts. And depending on their upbringing, if I find if they have a very um, traditional Samoan upbringing, then they're not used to having conversations with adults or being able to uh, express their thinking and their opinions. And in my class, they know that they're allowed to have a voice. They're allowed to talk about what they want. We're not formal in my classroom, like most of the other classrooms. I get a lot of um, slack from some of the other Samoan teachers because they don't think I have a handle on my class. And I've had to learn to just let that judgment go. I'm like, okay, if you don't think I have a handle, that's fine. Um, we're very much a school that is not allowed to use force. You're not allowed to use rulers or anything like that. Um, but they have definitely been brought up with kind of that um, the behavioral management strategy of consequences and negative things, even shame which is, it's a changing culture. Our principal is doing really well with um, our staff. We had PD in the holidays, which you don't really have over here, two full days of P PD on um, positive behavioral strategies, which is really cool. And it was a really good refresher because when you're around different strategies, um, even myself, who's been brought up in New Zealand, still sometimes like I can be I wouldn't say hard compared to other teachers, but you kind of start absorbing that. And so just reminding myself of, hey, like I need to, I need to work on this strategy again. I need to build those relationships. So I've always been a relationship-based teacher from the start. Um, I'm a teacher that, especially in year eight, will model mistake after mistake and just continue trying. I posted about this the other day. I used to fake my mistakes in year five and six to teach them, it's okay. Over here, there's no faking. <laughs> they're genuine mistakes. I have some smart kids, um, but they're really cool. They're, oh, miss, you spelt that word wrong, or oh, you said that English word incorrectly. This is how I say it. And we laugh. Um, so, yeah, my classroom is loud. There are certain times when you have to be quiet. Maths is very much, I do it from a problem-solving way because often I need to have a conversation about it with the students. And so it's everyone gets their say, everyone gets to put their strategy up on the board. Um, so yeah, depending on the subject as well, if it's English, I'm great at that. So I can kind of rock and roll with that. Um, but yeah, science and maths, it's a little bit more, we all help each other out. And then, um, yeah, there's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of laughter, more than New Zealand. And I love that. 
and um yeah there's a lot of student input and student voice which is good yeah it yeah, sounds fantastic it sounds like you've created like a, a safe space yeah. um that maybe for many of the kids it's it's new you know safe space where they have a voice it sounds like you're amplifying student voice um allowing them to to make choices um and just to have an opinion in the classroom it, how inspirational is yeah. that so it sounds awesome i was wondering about student motivation right yeah um, and and how you deal with that you know with with students who perhaps you know come in and they're just it's just not happening you know like how how do you deal with student um or perhaps lack of motivation if any um yeah yeah that's a good point i struggled more with that in new zealand i think when you have a more privileged education system which the kids in new zealand do especially because i was in a decile five so never a low decile school um yeah i struggled more with it in new zealand i was pleasantly surprised when i came here that i'd say eight out of ten kids are motivated for their education one because their parents pay for the school they come to and it's not it's not cheap and two i just think there's better discipline over here um so they know that at home they have to do their homework so homework's not an issue over here at all it's almost <laughs> sounds terrible as a teacher i almost think they do too much homework and where's the freedom where's like let's go out and play let's go out and really enjoy the sports that we do um but I have a yeah I have a few kids that I I still struggle this year in particular they're super bright but if they're not interested in the topic they they're not going to give me anything or what they give me and I'm like you could have done that four years ago where's where's my year eight student which I don't say out loud to them um, but the only way I can combat that is by giving them choice especially even <laughs> sounds silly but our classroom's so small. I tried to create a space where we can, I can do, this is such a primary school teacher thing, but where I can have groups on the mat. And actually a lot of my boys love to work in that space. And so just giving them a choice of where they can sit. Um, I don't always give them that choice because sometimes they get distracted. They're kids, we're humans, I get distracted too. So just, yeah, some days, yes, you can sit there. And other days, do you think you're actually going to get your work done there next right, to your right. best friend? <laughs> And they're like, oh, yeah, no, nah, maybe not. Or you show me five minutes of solid work and then, yeah, you can move down there. So, yeah, motivation for most of the kids, easy. All you have to mention is just, you know, you're working hard for your future. And I always speak to them, though, a few times about this is um, I'm not using that. I don't want you to feel pressure when I say that. Um, so, <clears throat> but just for them, for a lot of them, scholarships are, I, I don't know how to word this in a PC way, but scholarships are their way out or their way to a better education. So trying to explain that you actually need to start working now because high school is short, like they finish high school. So in New Zealand, we go all the way to year 13. Here, they finish anywhere from a year 11 to year 12. Then they have like a foundation year in university and that's where they get the scholarships. So just trying to set good study routines now, motivate them that way, helping them with that, with their homework after school. But also identifying the kids that have different gifts that aren't 
uh, I'm not saying that they can't go to university. I always tell them, if you want to go to university, you 100% can, even if you don't get a scholarship, there are other ways. But also identifying like, hey, you're incredible at playing guitar. Like you're really good at building things. Um, so just showing them that there are different avenues and now we have the internet, we have online, we can find other ways. Like you can start a business now. You're your eight, you're, you're 12, you're 13. Like you don't have to wait. So just try to open doors, plant seeds because not many people do that over here. Like the only way is university at the moment. That's what their parents think. From what I understand, and again, um, I don't live in their households, but um, yeah, so trying to motivate them in different ways, like identifying their gifts, like you're awesome at sport, you're really good at you know writing, you're really good at spoken word, like let's put that out there, let's show other people what you can do, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, before arriving in Samoa, did you have some preconceived ideas about the place and then only to arrive and be like, oops, I may yep. have made a mistake there, yep. List them, sis, list them. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I'm so curious. Yeah. So my only understanding, so I had been twice before as a tourist, right, <laughs> very right. tourist the first time I came with my cousin. We were here in uh, school holidays. We had the list of all the places we wanted to go. I loved it. Everyone was super friendly. And then I came back a second time with my school principal for a it was like a work conference, which was cool. Same thing. Everyone was super friendly, super helpful. And I knew the Samoan community at my school. They Same thing, super friendly. Everyone was awesome. And then I came here, and everyone is super friendly to your face. And I don't <laughs> mean to say this horribly, but in a workplace environment, everyone had me on this pedestal that I was so unaware of. I didn't realize I was going to come over and be put up like here like the principal is here and then all the work colleagues put me here i thought i was gonna come in and be right at the bottom you know like <laughs> slide in and be like hey yeah no i'm gonna teach my classroom we're gonna be awesome and there was just this this expectation that i did not realize that i was coming into and also um just i think not even Samoa in general, like people are lovely and they're so friendly, but there's so much gossip. <laughs> I just didn't. There's gossip and then there's Facebook. Facebook, right? Facebook. Exactly. And then even like faith-based, like I love God, I love church. And then I came to church and it was like, oh, who's that guy you came with? And I was like, excuse me? Why are people watching me on a Sunday in my place of worship <laughs> where I'm praying? And like kids would come up to me, hey, miss, who, who, who are you with? I'm like, excuse me, you're not in my classroom. We don't have a relationship. Who are you? Oh, my mum was asking. <laughs> so like I always knew there was gossip, but it's like up here. Next level, like, next level, right? Yeah. It's like my my me. Stuff about me, closed. Don't ask me this stuff. Yeah, you're just so, you're just minding yeah. your own business, right? You're just doing yeah. you, and there's this yeah. whole there's Elise over there. <laughs> yeah, so that took me a while. I only um returned back to church a month ago, so I literally 
I was here, I was in church for a couple, for like four weeks, then lockdown happened. And then my home church at home had church online. So oh, I got very nice. comfortable with that. And no one was watching what I was doing. So that was cool. <laughs> but yeah, like a month ago, I was like, nah, sis, you got you gotta <laughs> you gotta get in church. So I'm finally back in church. But the the literally the moment I walked through the door, that next Monday in class, three kids, hey miss, we saw you at church on the weekend. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> being friendly, it's all right. But yeah, it's that lack of privacy, like I get no privacy anymore. And yeah, being put on a pedestal and also like because I'm a teacher, I'm put on a pedestal in terms of like being in the community as well. So it's like it sounds terrible. This is such a Palangi issue and it's not an issue, it's a non issue. But like I can't wear my bikini anymore because <laughs> covered. And I remember teacher saying, Oh, I saw you. I saw this white girl on the beach and you know her her bottoms weren't on properly and she's showing her tummy. It was you, right? I was like, what color was it? She's like, blonde here. I'm like, this is brown. That was not me. I don't do that. I understand, like I'm respectful, but I'm such a beach person. I've always been totally confident in my body. And so to have to wear like full covered like my tummy has never been this white in my life <laughs> just, yeah. weird things like that which no one would think of but yeah right yeah that's so palangi thing but yeah, you already said that so yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, that's so funny yeah. um wow so i guess outside of teaching just to just to move uh to outside of teaching how are you do you have opportunities to um you know to to visit places to see the you know to see the island um or are you just bogged down with work a lot you know like yeah. I imagine you've got a lot on your plate yeah that's a good question i've always been except for my first two years of teaching like i 100 percent swallowed myself alive in that because you just kind of need to um but i've always been really good at work is work and home is home i struggle more over here because my classroom is so hot i used to stay after school in new zealand till about 5 30 and get everything done but here like it's so sticky and gross i just want to go home and shower um so for the first year over here i was lucky because i wasn't teaching maths so i had a free period clearly don't speak samoan so i couldn't teach the samoan class and then we had COVID, so I had heaps of free time. I got to do a lot of exploring. It's changed lots this year. So um, I teach maths and my Samoan class, I now, that free period, I now have to teach year seven science. So I don't get any free breaks. We now have a duty, two duties a week. And duty's not just lunchtime, it's before school, lunchtime, second break after school. So that's two complete days with absolutely no break in your day at all whatsoever. Um, but because I want to get out and see the island more and do more, I've actually picked up a second job in the afternoon. So I work from, I get to work at 7.40 in the morning after the gym and the bell at the end of the day goes at 1.45. I leave school at 2.15, get to my other job, which is an after school care, which I started, I think two months ago now. 
I absolutely love it because there's heaps of little kids and I really remembered why like it helps you remember the joys of teaching because I don't have to plan anything I just get to come in and have fun with the kids and I finished that 5 30 so usually I get home and I'm done I'm like no I don't want to do any more work <laughs> when I get to school in the morning I'll use that time to set up my day um and Saturday morning, I'll get up early because I get up early anyways for the gym. So my body's awake and I'll spend three to four hours getting all my planning done then so that I can have a weekend and we'll go out and explore. Um, I was really lucky. My partner got me a Thomasina card for Christmas at the end of last year. So because I was, I was complaining that I live on a tropical island and I never get to go to the beach. Right, right. So that resort has a beach and it's close to where we live. Um, last weekend, because Father's Day, long weekend, Samoa does long weekends well, I must say. We have lots of those. Um, so I went to a beach valley, which was cool. Um, so, yeah, I've seen heaps of the island. Definitely want to see more. Um, money quite often stops me because you have to pay for beaches here and things like that, um, which in New Zealand you don't, you don't pay to go to the beach. Yeah, so definitely trying to see more we i want to get to savai i've been there once before and savai is beautiful um but yeah trying to figure out timing and financial can can i swing it yeah yeah it's funny that you bring up financial because i remember seeing on your story one time um about food shopping so i wanted yeah. to ask yeah. Oh, maybe not one time maybe a few times actually about the cost of living um obviously you know families you can live off the land and and you know yeah. plantation and whatnot um but you know where you are and you know in terms of groceries and access i mean how's it going yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it going well, I, I should ask i i turn myself as like a missionary expat if that makes sense so i really feel like god called me here and that's cool but i'm still like an expat people look at me and they assume balangi money which now i understand that connection and i get that had such a privileged upbringing that's how i got here like i have a car a lot of people don't have cars here i can pay for my petrol i have enough food but it's just when you've come from a privileged upbringing and then you're not making as much money as you used to i didn't realize that transaction or that change was going to be so challenging um at home i always well not always i try my best to eat super healthy and unfortunately i don't understand why but healthy food or healthy snacks are super expensive and that's you don't really have healthy snacks here which is fine um but even like your like your fruits and vegetables that are imported or your apples and your oranges unless you buy in bulk they're really really expensive um a nice lettuce is <laughs> super expensive um but you there is ways around it but it's just you have to eat everything in season and there's like only so many beans and uh bok choy that i can eat and so, pasta right and pasta <laughs> pasta's, three, pasta's three tala i'll have that like before i came here i was gluten free and dairy free i am not those things anymore <laughs> 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 way too expensive. um i ran 
And my stepmom was like, can you send me over some almonds? Because I can't afford them. <laughs> so, yeah, in terms of cost of living, because I don't have family land here, I have to rent. And rent, it's not super expensive if you're uh, earning a New Zealand or Australian wage, which a lot of the expats are. But because I'm earning in Tala, it's, it's pretty much um, without my second job, I can cover rent, I can cover power, like cash power, I can cover the water, I can cover some food and petrol. And that pretty much takes up my entire pay. So for the first, last year, that was fine because I had savings. <laughs> I didn't really, I'm not financially terrible, but I'm also not financially savvy. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll be fine. I was still thinking I'd go home for school holidays, I can get a job, you know, da da da. No, that didn't happen. And so I kind of got to like March this year and I sat down with God and I had a prayer and I was like, look, if there's a second job that I can do that's not going to take me away from my first job because that's why you called me here, can you just open a door? And literally the next week, one of my friends I met here, she's like, oh, I'm starting this after school care. Like, we'd love to have a teacher on board. Would you be interested? I was like, sign me up. <laughs> so there's a lot of like side hustles in the holidays. I sell my clothes online because females love to shop in any country. So yes. that's great. Um, and just, I was doing tutoring last year, but that was a little bit, that was a little bit challenging after teaching all day and then having to be prepped and things like that. So the after-school care is much easier. I just walk in and do what I want. But, yeah, I wouldn't say I could be better with my money, but because I never had to be super strict, um, I guess I never learned to be super strict. So I really need to stop eating so much snacks, and then I can probably do more activities. The snacks are taking away learning how to surf. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was going to, I was going to ask. Um, can you? Is there a space for you where you live where you can uh, grow your own fruit and veggies, or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, have your own herb garden or something? Or am I just imagining? No, no, no you're absolutely right. My first house I lived in had a beautiful garden. The neighbor literally came and weeded it for me and like tried to show me how to grow vegetables, which was so sweet. And I killed everything. <laughs> so, oh my God. Um, I'm very okay. white. <laughs> gardening. It just, yeah. if I had more time, no, I can't even say if I had more time. We were in lockdown for like two months and everything <laughs> died in the sun, we planted the wrong things. We had my partner's mom on the phone ringing, being like, no, you need to plant this. The moon's at like full. <laughs> volume or something no i mean i'm good with herbs i'm great with herbs and i often keep herbs in the kitchen um in aotearoa i used to have like a a sack of soil in my backyard and i could grow like lettuce and stuff like that and tomatoes i tried to grow tomatoes here and they fried <laughs> so, so definitely i say i've half-assed it if i really sat down and tried i could definitely do it and i could save some money but when you're a school teacher, you're exhausted and your weekend is your weekend and I don't want to try and keep a garden alive anymore. You're like, I've, I've had enough. I'm over yeah. it. Yeah. So it's oh, definitely doable. It's definitely doable. I just, 
it's not for me <laughs> not at the moment it's a dream though i'd love to be yeah. that person that has the garden <laughs> you know i tried that <laughs> yeah um do you salmon food love salmon yep. food what what are you i mean you know back home in new zealand there's the Oh, this chop suey and everyone needs corned beef and taro. But man, yeah. you're on the island. I'm so jealous. Tell me, yeah. what do you love? No, to it's eat? so good. It's everywhere and it's super cheap, which I love. So whenever like I'm tight on money, I can literally stop on the side of the road and get anything. I'm a real basic eater, um, but I really like ulu. I like the um, breadfruit, yeah. which yes. just sounds. Everyone's like, why would you eat breadfruit? It's so dry. But I love yeah. it, and I chop it up, and then I put oil, and I make it into like chips in the oven. <laughs> so I just put my it's own. So, extra. <laughs> so I love that. What else do I like? Um, oh, I love coco samoa. That's so good. Sometimes, well, nine times out of ten, it has way too much sugar in it. So um, my partner Nick will make it at home, and I just go, "Can you just like half the sugar?" Yes, you should know. I'm sure everyone's told you you cannot drink coco samoa. Like no, you yeah. have to, it just has to have. You know no, when we have family sure. gatherings. Yeah, when we have family gatherings, they will ask who made this. If there's yeah, yeah, not yeah, enough yeah. sugar, they're gonna call you out, sis. You just gonna. <laughs> you have to. It's just one of those drinks where it has to be sweet. Come That's on. why we make it at home. We're not asking judged the way I drink it. If I'm out, I will 100% drink it. Um, I'm quite often called rude. Like, I was called rude in the staff room today because I said no to a pancake roll. Right. She's like, but I just brought it. How can you not want it? That's rude. I'm like, I know, but I just ate a pie for breakfast. That's not even like acceptable for me. She's like, so eat my pancake. And I'm like, ah. Oh. So I've learned to very much be like, no, I'm full. I don't need food. But for the first six months, honestly, the amount of food people gave me got me to try. I was like, I put on so much weight. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right everything's incredible i brought for the staff last week um what's it called the salmon pancake the kiki but funny kiki the, ro oh, the round balls yeah funny kiki so i brought those for the staff so i was a staff favorite last friday so. Yum. i'm so <laughs> um, jealous and then i tried i'm so sorry i'm terrible with the names but i tried for the first time the other day it was like a dessert and it was Taro in like a caramel. Oh, um, 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 was, which is yes, the up. Yeah, and, it can, and I oh actually really God. enjoyed that, which I was surprised. I didn't think I was gonna like it, and I did. It was good. I was so, so yeah, I'll, I'll try. Yeah, I try anything, and I quite often I'll like it. It's just whether or not my tummy agrees with it. Right. I have a very, very Western tummy. Right, right. And it will just be like, no, nah, you, you can't eat any more of that. I'm like, I can eat more of that, but I'll have to run to the toilet a few times. <laughs> oh, man, that is hilarious. Um, oh, you're funny. So <laughs> I guess, you know, now a year and a half since you've been there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've shared a lot of really great things, but highlights. Surely there are some things that kind of really stick out in your mind year and a half into this 
leap of faith, um, this new this new job. What have been some highlights? The the kids for one, like as a school teacher, for most school teachers, it's always the kids. It's what brings you back. You have your good days and your bad days, but like especially my class this year, because obviously last year with COVID that was a little bit tricky. But my class this year, they're just they're so funny. They're super entertaining, but just seeing their growth has been really rewarding this year. So that's definitely a highlight. The fact that I can do whatever I want to my little box classroom, so I could paint it. I've got the kids, they drew like angel wings on the wall. Like my classroom is some teacher's worst nightmare and old me teacher worst nightmare because it is like a, a pig's breakfast, <laughs> but it is ours and we've owned it. And each child can be like, yeah, I did that. Or yeah, this, this student drew that on the wall for us. So in terms of teaching, the kids are a massive highlight. Um, and then personally, I so I came over in February last last year and literally two weeks into it I met my now boyfriend and like I had been single for 27 years like <laughs> no one at all so I was like that has been a mess massive blessing in itself um because yeah we went into lockdown and he was like the only person I knew on the island so getting to know him um still haven't met his mum because she lives in New Zealand he hasn't met my mum but just, yeah, having someone to hang out with all the time, to share the experience with, and someone who can teach me um, some salmon. He was raised in Australia and New Zealand, though, so his he doesn't think a salmon's good, but he can converse. So, yeah, personally, just finding your person was, yeah, massive highlight, which I had to move countries to find. Thank Fine. you, God. <laughs> well, there you go. Another blessing. Um, yeah. You know, Recently, they had the elections and all that going on. Were you, were you like, following that? I mean, yeah. were, were so you, I like, love, of it all? Or? <laughs> I love politics at the best of times. Like, don't know terminology, anything like that. But I know what, like, I know my values. I know what I vote for. Like, <clears throat> when we had our own um, politics, I made sure I was at the embassy getting my vote and things like that. Um, I come from a strong family that you like, if you vote, you get to have a say. You can complain for the next three, four years if you want, but you must vote. Um, so watching it over here and the fact that it just oddly tied into our social studies at the same time meant that I could actually freely talk about it in the classroom with the rates who have an opinion it was so cool. Um, we never clearly said out loud who we were voting for or who our parents were voting for just to be respectful um but it was really, really interesting and entertaining as someone that doesn't get a vote to watch and I really am just so proud of how the nation handled it because I could see the way that like New Zealand was portraying it in the media over there but over here it was just so peaceful from what I could gather Everyone was really just like, we'll just wait, we'll just wait, and we'll just wait, and we'll wait, and we'll wait until we finally get an outcome. Um, because I feel like if that had happened in any other country, which it probably wouldn't have because the law is written correctly, um, it would have blown up. Like, people would have been rioting and whatnot. But over here, everyone was just super respectful, and I think that comes down to Samoan culture and just respecting your elders as well 
because obviously Tuliapa was in Parliament for so long. He is an elder. And just, yeah, going through the courts, waiting for the systems to take place and just, yeah, I think every, well, I think by the end of it, everyone knew that things were changing. People still haven't accepted that over here. There's still um, protests, but again, they're, from what I can see, they're super peaceful, lots of cars, lines of cars, up roads and things <laughs> like that. But um, yeah, it was, it was interesting learning because of what happened, I learned so much more about the constitution and like the finer details. Um, so I really love talking to the kids about the fact that there's actually, you have to have a percentage of women in parliament, which I think is really powerful over here because it's such a biblical nation. And sometimes the Bible can be, I guess, understood from some perspectives as the man always leads. Right. And I do know that some churches are still struggling with the fact that we have a female PM. But it just, I think it just brings so much hope to the females of this nation in particular that actually you can get that top position and you can be respected and you can make change. And just even in the last couple of weeks, like hearing the things she wants to do, the fact that we actually might have a bubble with New Zealand to travel was for me. I was like, yes, such a win. Um, and she, there was a mention, I don't know how true it is because, again, information over here is not always accurate but the fact that apparently all the ministers used to have these big fancy cars and she's taking those away from them because she wants to save money i'm just like yes initiative so yeah it was super interesting to watch and honestly i'm such someone that always sits in the middle and sometimes i would genuinely be like oh no he okay i understand where he's going with this and then I'd be, oh, no, 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 we're back over here now. So I would swing back and forth. And then I'd hear my, what my kids are saying, which is really what their parents are saying. Um, but, yeah, it was just super interesting. Um, I can understand that it was a challenging time for a lot of people here because just not the unknown of what was going to happen. But I think at the end of the day, everyone did just patiently wait and just trusted on the outcome, which was cool. Yeah. Do you see yourself, um, I mean, I, I hope the bubble opens up soon so you can visit family and connect with yeah. family. I mean, that's super important. Do you see yourself working in Samoa for a bit longer? Uh, you know, like, where do you see yourself in, like, five years, like, in terms of education? And, yeah. yeah. So I definitely... I, I feel like I will be here longer. I never, especially living over here, you can never really fully, sounds terrible, I can never fully commit to being like, yep, I'm gonna be here for the next five years. And that is solely for like financial reasons. It's really, really hard to get ahead over here. And like, I'm, I'm 29 next year. I definitely wanna start thinking about family and things like that. Um, but if, if, I'm to marry a Samoan. I don't want to just take my kids to New Zealand and not show them what is theirs, you know? So I think we would both like to raise kids here eventually. So I think I will always be here in New Zealand. Like I'll always jump back and forth, but I can just see there's such a need over here for education. And I just want to encourage more, more Samoan trained teachers to come over like, yes, I'm here and I do feel called by God, but I really feel if, again, it's for them and for their family, but come back, even do two years over here. Do two years, share your knowledge, 
and then you can go back and you know help your because i understand that a lot of people stay in new zealand financially to help families over here too and i i respect that but man i just think there's such a need for samoan teachers who've had training overseas to come over here and help the teachers here train them over here even if you come for a holiday buddy up with a teacher over here and just just give them some knowledge give them some new pd because yeah once teachers do university here i, I mean i can't speak for all schools but i just feel like there's there's such a big opening for people to come and help so that we can then help ourselves over here does that make sense makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense what do you want what do you want the world people who don't know about this beautiful island country of samoa what do you want people to know about samoa i think they need to come and see it <laughs> i think you can't understand it until you come here and see it because there's only so much swiping you can see there's you just you can't get the true essence unless you come here and you you meet the people because it really is such a beautiful culture it's so relaxed but then at the same time there's so much laughter there's so much hype there's so much going on but i just really think this country in general has such a good balance between like a work life and family life like family and faith which i don't think you always get in western cultures we work comes above sometimes and i just think yeah this nation is so friendly so so friendly um and yeah but people have to come and see it once borders open like yeah you've heard it everyone once borders <laughs> open we're going to stay with elise we're going and to bring me chocolate <laughs> <laughs> take some almonds please take some almonds <laughs> almonds and chocolate you can you can come stay with me everyone's welcome <laughs> So you know, um, I'm very wary of. I'm aware that you know it's it's getting late there, and again, I'm pushing into your beauty sleep, sis. Do you have any book recommendations, or just a book, or a favorite childhood book that you can share, um, off the top of your head, if you have to? Yeah. Um, my favorite childhood book. So as oh, I don't know the author, but it was called I Coriander. Okay. Um, my auntie gave it to me when I was twelve. I wasn't a reader at all whatsoever. Struggled with reading. Um, that was the first book that I started to read, and it was a cross between fantasy and English history. So I loved that, and it had like princesses and kings and queens, that kind of stuff. Um, and then a book I'm reading at the moment, actually. Where is it? Sorry, terrible angle. Um, is this one here? It's called Rise of the Mystics. Um, it's the second book. I have to get my mum to send it over. She sent me the first, and then it just like ends, and you need the second book. And she she hadn't sent it, so I got on the phone. Um, it's kind of again, it's fiction. I love fiction, but it's also like a faith fiction, if that makes any sense. Um, so if you're kind of into like God and and faith and things like this, this is this is a cool book. Yeah. Oh, thank you about. for sharing. Um, thank you for sharing those two books. I'll make sure we put the pictures up so everyone knows where they can find it. Um, before we wrap up, um, Elise, sis, I, I'm so like blessed to have connected with you, uh, you know, on, on Instagram. And I've loved, you know, I'm loving following your journey there. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show and sharing uh, not just your knowledge as an educator, uh, bless your heart but just your journey 
just this, you know, that leap of faith in your journey um, from New Zealand to Samoa. Um, you know, I appreciate you coming on the show. I will continue to follow you and, and, and just see how you're progressing. If you ever need anything, um, you know where I am. I reach out and I'll see how I can help you as, as a teacher myself. So um, we got you. Just let us know. Um, but I'll just hand it over to you, sis. Just some final words of encouragement, some words of wisdom from Elise all the way in Samoa. That's what's up. Take it away, sis. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Um, in terms of words of wisdom, I would say that if I can do it, someone that is not from this culture, anyone can do it. And it doesn't have to be coming to Samoa to teach over here. Um, I just think take that leap of faith, do it. I was so scared. I got on the plane and I bawled my eyes out. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? No, but you just put one foot in front of the other and you do it. Don't question it. Question it afterwards. It will all make sense. So, yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> Thank you, sis. That, well, that's Thank us. You.